Welcome to episode five of the Party Wagon Podcast, where we talk about all things TMNT, the past, present, and future. I'm Brendan from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And I'm Eric from the YouTube channel, No, You Grow Up. Before we started recording this episode today, I was at work and I was like, man, I don't think we're going to have a lot to talk about in this intro. And then all of a sudden, the turtle gods shine down some shiny rays on us and we got all kinds of news. We're going to talk about the mutant mayhem figures that just got shown off. We're going to talk about Holothon that's coming up and all the NECA figures that are going to get dropped. So we'll kick it off with the playmates figures and it's nice to know they actually are playmates somebody said something in our comment section a while ago about it and i mean at, at the time our news stuff comes out it's not really news by then anyway it's cool that playmates is doing these figures and with it's, it's kind of a mixed bag for me because some of them i mean the turtles other than mikey look a lot better than i expected them to and even some of the villains look kind of cool but it's just good that playmates is doing this and i mean I, I don't know why that other listing popped up. It clearly was just like a complete error or something like that. But it's cool that Playmates is still trying new stuff, at least. So I think the only error with that leak was probably that it said McFarlane was doing them. Some of the out there character choices they had do have figures in this line. So I think the character list was kind of on point. I just think that... Uh, the the McFarland thing was wrong. We the first one I saw was Leo, and I think we both had the, re the same reaction. Like Leo actually looks really good. Like I was not expecting those toys to look that good. He's got this like smug smile on his face. He just looks awesome. And I'll, like I'll probably pick up that Leo figure. I was, I'll probably pick up all the turtles, but like you said, then we saw Mike and Michelangelo. He looks he looks creepy. He looks terrifying. <laughs> he looks like. A, he looks like a Tim Burton monster. Like he he belongs in Halloween Town. He's creepy looking. He's just got this like Cheshire cat smile and stuff. And, like his eyes are just bugging out. And I don't know what it is, but for the most part, the turtles look good. And that's but... what I like. All the turtles, like the three other turtles, do look great. And it's just so yeah. weird that they just went so far the other direction with Mikey and just made him so much more different looking. Because Leo and Donnie, I mean, they look pretty same. Build wise, Raph looks like he's a little bit bigger, or squatter, or something. He's got the skull cap, but Mikey is just like this complete abomination of a design. And again, we got to go back to the Mayor McCheese, man. Like his <laughs> noggin is just so big and wide. It looks ridiculous. Like I just, I don't know. It's just, they, they just came so close. And again, the other three turtles, I have no complaints about. And I, I almost feel like they look a little bit better in action figure form than they even do in the animation to me. I don't know what it is, but like Leo and Donnie, like they look, they don't look as animated as Raph does. Raph like has a lot of the hard, dark lines on his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was talking to um my buddy Cybertronian collector in the DMs on Instagram. And he said the same thing about Leo's face. He says it kind of looks like how slashes did from the playmates line. He does kind of have that like, grin going to him where he looks a little bit sinister you know what i mean yeah he really does i think raf yeah i'm look, looking back and i just brought him up on my phone just to you know get another look at him yeah he definitely does have that look that kind of like that slash it's look. like a little evil grin kind of you know what i mean like yeah i kind of like know. that on leo i don't know why he's got a little attitude i don't know if it's supposed to be like an added like, like he's like kind of angry or if it, it looks more like he's like arrogant like he's kind of like he thinks he's hot shit like that's what it looks like to me well here's the thing if they're going to be teenagers they might have that kind of attitude you know what i mean because 
Like they, they Seth Rogen said he's going to lean into that hard, the teenage aspect. And I could see that kind yeah. of being a road they going down with Leo as he thinks like, I'm the leader. I'm the, like, I know everything. You know what I mean? So he could kind of maybe be arrogant. Maybe he'll have some character development that way. I think Ralph. Yeah, definitely. You can notice with like the black around his teeth and all yep. like he, he, it looks, it definitely looks almost, it actually almost kind of looks like the deco on the neck of tune figures. Yeah. That's what but. I thought of too. It looks very animated. Like, I mean, it doesn't really have the cell shading, but I mean, these look like they're, action figures of animated characters you know what i mean yeah which definitely makes me think that because you know what we saw as like the promo images of the artwork of the characters that leaked a little while ago those are on the packages so those are confirmed real artwork yep. and also and they were they were already confirmed real but um but it just leads me to believe that that's not just like promo art that's actually how the turtles are going to look in the movie which is really cool that they have that kind of painted cartoon look to them I'm, I'm excited to see what this movie looks like in action i think a lot of these will translate better not only to toys but to when they're actually animated like i think when you see them just sitting still they might look a little more awkward but when they're moving the exaggerated proportions and stuff could really lend themselves to some awesome looking action. Maybe like, you know, like into the spider verse head and stuff. Kind of how I feel about it too. Like I feel like this movie is really going to have like its own feel and vibe. And I don't know the close, the more we see, the more I'm kind of get more excited about it. You know what I mean? Cause before when I knew these action figures were coming out, I thought it was going to be an easy pass for me, honestly. And now that I see these turtles, I probably will at least get all four of the turtles in the rest of the characters I'm not 100% sure on. So, like, clearly Superfly, who is not Baxter Stockman, apparently, like, he's definitely the sweetest-looking non-turtle figure for sure. Like, he looks like a pretty cool action figure. He does. Like I said, when I saw him, uh, when we first, you know, were talking for the the, the, the cast and we, we saw these, I thought, I actually, you, you, your first thought was Baxter. I saw the blonde hair all over the place. I thought he was Bugman from the 87 <laughs> cartoon at first. I'm so, like, hold well, on. Did you see my one text? I'm not sure if it does blonde hair. I think it's just the background reflecting off the packaging. Oh, is that? I, I was trying to figure out what you meant by that. Because his wraps like right around its head. You know what I mean? So it <laughs> yeah. looks like it's just the glare. I'm pretty sure because I mean that would be like a lot of yellow hair. You know what I mean? But yeah, I thought it was like actual like soft goods hair, but uh, like grizzle or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if that's not hair, then I guess it's it's just a guy they made up. I guess Superfly. It's not Scumbug. It's not Baxter. It's not Bugman, it's Superfly. So I guess we're getting new mutants, which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, although it's, it's kind of just a mishmash of all those characters I just mentioned. So it's not really like a real new mutant. It's kind of like, like a mishmash, I guess. To me, I immediately just thought Baxter because we have all these original villains. When we saw the McFarlane listings, so the fake listings, we didn't see a Bebop. So it's nice that we are getting a Bebop and Rocksteady in this too. And Rocksteady is definitely the oddest looking one. And Again, he does look like a rhino, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, I mean, he looks like a rhino, but it's just, I mean, I'd say that design is definitely for the kids, you know what I mean? I mean, some people might like it, but that one's just the farthest reach for me as far as those yeah. villain characters go. He looks like a capital letter L. He's just like, <laughs> he's just a big L. I don't know. Like, his head is like 90% of his body. It's, it, he's like Taz, Taz, like Taz from Warner yep, Brothers. There you go. Has a smaller head than this dude. Bebop looks okay. He, he doesn't, it's not my favorite Bebop. I don't know why he has wow written across his chest. Do you want to know why? Because when why? he looks down on it, I bet it says mom. Oh, that's really funny if that's actually right? what it is. Oh, I guarantee that's, that's what it's going to be. I haven't talked that, to anybody else about that, but that was the first thing I thought is he looks down on it and it says mom. So 
that if that's the case, that's ingenious. And I, I love this movie already, if that's right. <laughs> but he looks pretty good. He's like a little weird. He's like a stylized, like fan art version of classic Bebop, basically. Yeah. And really the only difference on him is he's kind of just a fat tub instead of like put together a little bit better. Yeah. Which, which he already he already was in, in the Michael Bay movie. So he's kind of just like a cartoon version of the Michael Bay Bebop. Yeah, so they might just kind of be, yeah, that's probably where they pulled that inspiration. Because, again, when I think Bebop, like, I always think back to the original cartoon where he's put together a little bit better, and then Rocksteady's kind of got the gut on him, you know what I mean? But I feel like in future iterations, Rocksteady ends up looking a little bit more jacked. And Bebop, like in the 2012 show, he was just super small, you know what I mean? He was, like, little and skinny. I think, because, you know, originally, I think the idea was that rhinos are, like, muscular and fat in the wild. So, like, Rocksteady was muscular and fat. Warthogs are kind of slender if you see them. Like, like, so I guess they were like, okay, he'll be just be more like lean muscle. Like, like yeah. he wasn't lean, he was huge, but you know, he wasn't fat. But now I think the idea is, oh, he's a pig and pigs are fat. Right. And, uh, but in the 2012 show, they made him like skinny and small, like a real warthog and stuff. So yeah. like, I think the 2012 one was based on the real animals and the Michael Bay one was based on pigs are fat. So right. <laughs> this guy's bad. And it's just, now it's just like a, a giant mishmash of all the different styles. Uh, Bebop looks pretty good though. Leatherhead. I'm not, I'm not loving the leather. Yeah. yeah. So- Leatherhead is very goofy looking. He looks more like a caiman than he does a gator. Honestly, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got that really narrow snout going. Uh, he's The fact that he has the really small kind of skinny head, and then kind of like the chunky body. He looks like something out of, you remember like the far side, like the comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like That's Leatherhead right in the far side art style. I like that he's Cajun Leatherhead. I like that. He's just weird. And I, you know, I, I feel a little bad because I almost feel like people like me are the reason we get character designs like this. Because like people like me are always going on about like we want artistic freedom we want every character to look unique we want unique body builds and all this stuff because you know i love 80s and 90s cartoons you go back to he-man and she rods like every guy was the same character right build. every girl was the same build and it's like they they all basically were the same character and uh i've always said like i wanted varied you know heights and body sizes and proportions and all and we really never got that. So I was always, you know, supporting like, you know, fan art renditions of characters. Like, ah, man, I wish we had official artwork that looks like this. So now we're getting extremely stylized versions of the characters. And I feel like I'm not allowed to complain because this is what I was asking for for years. So now when Rocksteady looks like a letter L, there's nothing I can say. Because it's like, well, this is what you asked <laughs> for. So <laughs> and that's the thing, like. As, as a movie, this might be fun. You know what I mean? Like some of these aren't making for the greatest action figures, but. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, are they all going to be like high school kids? Like are Bebop and Rocksteady going to be going to high school with them? Is that the tone of this movie? Like, I'm just I don't very, know. even Leatherhead looks like he's like younger. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't yeah. look like an old alligator. Like he looks like he would, could be a teenage alligator too. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even imagine. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. They actually might all be teenagers and they might all yeah. Is it going to be about like, te- like mutant high school? Cause they're that first le- like, image we ever saw for the movie like two or three years ago was like a fake notebook paper that like leonardo was doodling on and writing on like he was in school so i wonder if the movie's gonna 
take place in a world where the humans are cool with with mutants and they have their own high school or something or maybe there's an underground high school in the sewers or something they go to like i don't know here's something interesting to note we haven't seen a human character yet so we haven't seen shredder we haven't seen april and we haven't seen casey at all yet yeah, I was thinking that. I was, I think April most of all. It's really weird that there's no April. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, I mean, I feel like that means they're either hiding something that's gonna be a spoiler, or this is just gonna be all mutants in this movie. What if all the human characters get turned into mutants? What if the plot is that like a mutant Ray turns everyone in New York City into a mutant? And I feel <laughs> like that's what's happening because that's why they're not showing those human characters because it's going to be a spoiler if they show them too soon. You know what I mean? So I feel yeah. like that could be it. Maybe we're going to get some sort of mutated Casey and mutated April. And like, I mean, I'm that's kind of exciting. You know what I mean? <laughs> to get new twists on these characters. Cause like, that's something that I really enjoyed about like the MMPR TMNT crossover books right now. And yeah. that gives all the characters kind of some different forms and stuff like that so i'm gonna drop a spoiler right here spoiler in five four three two one so like casey gets a ranger suit in this one and he looks badass so like (laughs) getting just other people involved in like these changes and stuff like that i don't know i just really like it like taking these typical human characters and kind of souping them up a little bit because again, they're hanging with mutants. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, especially like the 2012 series, K- Casey Jones was just a teenager with some hockey sticks. You know what I mean? Like he was, he didn't even hit puberty yet. Like he was not threatening at all. And yeah, he was still, like missing like, teeth and shit. <laughs> right? So it would be cool. Like if, I mean, I don't know, like what, what animal do you think Casey would be if he was mutated? Like, what do you think he would be? I, I imagine something like a Wolverine, like something with like a short temper or something. Okay. <laughs> but April's weird. Cause it's like, so we got a lot of mutated April yep. in the, the vintage show. You know, she became a cat woman. She became yep, a so fish. I feel like that's the low hanging fruit for them to go that route too. Yeah. I feel like the cat making the girl turn into the cat is so generic. I yeah. kind of hope they don't do that. Cause like every, pretty much since the eighties, probably since like the sixties, if people are doing animal characters, the woman is always a cat and yep. it's like, that's like the easy one to do. So I'm kind of hoping they don't do that. I don't think they're going to do fish April. <laughs> that was weird, but yeah, like, I, I'm curious, you know, they, they turned Karai into a freaking snake in the 2012 show. I don't know if she's going to be in this. She might be in it too. She's in a lot of new stuff. So, and Shredder, I don't know what Shredder would be if he turned into... See, Shredder, I mean, would fit the Wolverine bill pretty well, you know what I mean? He'd be a pretty good Wolverine. He would be, yeah. I have seen, actually, I haven't been following the the Mighty Morphin crossover that's happening, but I I have seen artwork that shows the Rangers as, like, mutant dinosaurs, like, the color of the... That looks so freaking cool. Yeah, so that hasn't happened yet. I've read the first two books, and it hasn't happened yet, but again, that's what I like, you know what I mean? Taking those twists like that, and like I said, the closer we get to this movie, like, I just, I don't know, my criticism and cynicism just seem very low going into it, which (laughs) makes me happy, you know what I mean? Because it's exciting that we're getting a new Turtles movie. This is, I feel like, probably the longest run we've had without an actual Turtles movie. No, I think it's the shortest, actually. Because we 2016, we got uh, Out of the Shadows, right? I got 2016 a long time ago, actually. Yeah, never mind. Because before that, 2014, it was seven years after TMNT. And TMNT was like a decade after turtles three so i think i think two TMNT okay so that's the longest gap for sure than yeah. Turtles three to tmnt yeah so but then after that they've been coming along pretty steadily so i guess maybe we're on about the same path with it but 
yeah. I, I don't know. Like I just with, like as we see these designs, like it just it seems like it's gonna be fun, and I'm okay with a fun turtles movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think it, it's obviously it's going to be catered towards. It's gonna be something they want all audiences to enjoy. So they want to get kids, they want to get turtles fans, they want to get everybody. Yeah, I, I, I can't find myself. You know, like some of the character designs I don't like. From what I'm seeing, like Rocksteady, I, I still really don't like that Rocksteady. His face is like three feet long. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just excited for it. Like it just seems like it's it's gonna be a fun movie and. I know I'm not the the biggest Seth Rogen fan and stuff, but I'm just, it seems like it's going to stay pretty true to turtles. The fact that they're putting in characters like Leatherhead and stuff is like, there's some clear love for this franchise going into this movie. And that is Uh, the one thing about Rogen doing it. You know what I mean? He's probably like, I mean, a handful of years older than we are. So he's in our age bracket. So he grew up with this stuff. So again, I, I, I can't feel I don't feel like he's going to want to do it dirty. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he wouldn't sign on for a project like this if he wasn't really excited to do Turtles. Yeah, I, I hope that's the case. I hope I just hope there's no like humor crapping on the franchise in the movie like that fourth wall humor, just like making fun of everything that came before. I just want it to own Turtles and just be Turtles and just be fun. So another thing that you talked about, too, is it. It is important that it is for all ages, too, because clearly, like, Rise wasn't a hit, you know what I mean? So we're yeah. kind of missing a generation if we don't get them on board here soon, you know what I mean? Like, that could be a whole era of kids that just never really get into Turtles because they didn't have a Turtles to grow up with. So that's why I don't mind it being more fun to hook the kids. Like, so, yeah, again, I'm kind of happy they're going that way. And, again, if the other if the rumors about the other movie are true too, I mean, we could be getting a more serious turtles movie in the not too distant future as well. But the one figure that we haven't talked about yet <laughs> is the splinter figure. And again, I was talking to Cybertronian collector and he said it before I could, who does that look like to you? Ray Charles. <laughs> First thing B and I both thought Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> See, I saw the sunglasses. I just thought Ray Charles right away. I don't know, man. He just looks like when they remade Chuck E. Cheese. The I don't even know when that was. Was it the early 2000s, mid-2000s, when they tried to make him like the cool Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, yeah. He was like a skater all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's yeah, just the that vibe that I got off of him when I saw him. <laughs> you know, the vibe I'm getting from him, because he's always had the walking stick. The vibe I'm getting with the sunglasses is that he might be blind. Blind, yep. Like a blind mice type thing, even though he's a rat, but I bet that's probably what they're going with. That might be it. That would be interesting because I wonder, like, is there going to be a joke that he doesn't even know he's a rat? If he's blind, like he might think he's a person or something. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird design for sure. It's probably the most unconventional one we've gotten because even though Rocksteady looks like a stapler, he's still like dressed like <laughs> Rocksteady. He's wearing like the yellow sleeveless shirt and the brown ammo strap and everything and the brown like cargo pants. He's still recognizably Rocksteady. He's just deformed beyond reason. Right. But Splinter is like, this is a different dude. I don't know who this guy is. Like just some, some other mouse just showed up and like said he was Splinter. So he's definitely not the furthest because I feel like the rise one is the furthest where he yeah. does just look like a fat little mouse. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't like even really look like a rat, but yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. It, it could be, I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to make him like fun and silly, which that's the one thing I do like my splinter to be a little bit serious. And I, that's why I liked him in the 87 cartoon because 
he was serious, but he still cracks jokes all the time. You know what I yeah. mean? Same with even in the or the 1990 movie, and I guess all the original movies, like he cracks jokes in those too. So that's kind of yeah. how I like him. I like him to be wise and serious and then just bust out those jokes that you don't really see coming. Yeah, I like my my splinter respectful and intimidating, but like unpredictable at the same time, like a little unhinged. Yeah. Like there's the one in, in the vintage show. There's the episode where he's fighting Shredder. And suddenly he just starts doing all this like three stooges stuff. He's like, nick, nick, nick. he like knocks on his head and everything. And it's like, that's supposed to be like his ultimate ability. And it's the curly technique or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which again, like I like that they made a pun like that based off the three stooges. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah. so stupid, but like, again, that's the stuff we remember from that show. Yeah. But like 90% of the time, Splinter was like the more serious character in that show. Yeah. Like the turtles were goofballs and he was like the serious father figure. So, and even um, in the first season when he fights Shredder, like he goes toe to toe with Shredder. You know what I yeah. mean? He's they're, they're both badasses in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. The first season, he's never a goofball, really. He's like, he's just serious. And I mean, that's why in the, in the movies at the end, you know, he always did the, I made a funny. It was always yeah. like, it was funny because he normally isn't the one making the funnies. That's the turtles. And like yeah. now the wise master, I will say that they, they kind of did that personality a little well in the Michael Bay movies too, where he was like, you know, a serious sensei and he did discipline them and stuff. But every now and then he would like make a, a little wisecrack or something or play yeah, a yeah. prank on Casey and stuff. You know, that, that, that's a whole nother that's a mixed. Those movies are a mixed bag. That's a whole other discussion. But right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next we have uh, some other action figures that we saw are showing up in targets now in some parts uh, of America. Yeah. I don't even, where do we even start here? So <laughs> it looks like they're coming at us with the everything all at once method, which seems a little strange. So I don't know if I sent it to you yet. Um, or, yeah. And I can't remember who sent it to me. Um, but there's a picture of somebody that rang up every figure that came out 703 bucks for oh my the grand God. haul of everything all at once, which I mean, <sighs> I'm just going to focus on going the tune figures first. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to get the accessory set in the black and white Usagi too. I want to try to get, but I'm probably in this first sweep, not even going to be able to grab every tune set. Honestly, I'm just going to have to hope I pick the right ones. And then the ones that I didn't pick are still there a little bit down the road. That's what I'm going to have to do. I mean, that's what I did last year. Unless unless they stay up online, you know, as long as the ones last year did. Because, I mean, we have two two-packs for Bebop and Rocksteady's gang. We have Jersey Red and, and Grunt. And then we have the two guys that Disney renamed. Um, <laughs> we have Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage. We have Chakahashi and Lotus Blossom. Um, we have Rex one as the, the solo pack, the ultimate he's huge. So he's going to cost like 40, $50 probably. Yeah. I don't know. Cause Mondo Gecko was a lot. Mondo Gecko was like exceptionally higher than I remember. He is technically a two pack though. You know what I mean? Like he comes with Kerma. Like I feel like for $40, I mean, I wasn't mad about that. Well, see, that's the thing. He was more expensive by me. I got him at target. And I got him with Muckman the same day. Muckman was 40 and he, he's a two pack. And he's even more plastic than, than uh, Mondo's a, a tiny dude. But to Mondo was 50 by me. I don't know why. He was ripped, 50 man, dude. Well, for because one thing, my Muckman was 36 99 too. He was cheaper. And then my Mondo was 39 99 Okay, so you, you get better prices. New Jersey sucks. Another reason why living in New Jersey sucks. 
Our toys are more expensive, I guess. Dang, I don't know, man. I think your Target's just hustling people, dude. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought Target's were a universal price. Well, I mean, getting them at Target is better than getting them at the uh, independent toy stores. Because it depends. But most of the good independent toy stores I go to don't sell uh, NECA. But the one that does sell them is a not so good one, and they're selling them for like over a hundred dollars each. Yeah, that's so. bananas, man. Yeah, then we also have yeah, the accessory pack. We have that's just for the tune series alone. That that's more realistically, that's more than I'm going to be able to get this month. I'm yeah. thinking I can get like two a month, is really what I'm looking at. I, I have to make priorities. Obviously, I'm getting Mona Lisa first. I'm I'm gonna get Mona Lisa first. If she, I mean, I'm gonna get whoever's there. If I go there and they just have the two, you know, grunt packs, I'll just get those guys. I I feel like I would prioritize uh, Mona Lisa first, then Lotus Blossom two pack. Well, actually, no, Mona Lisa then Rex one, then Lotus Blossom, then probably Grunt and Jersey Red, then probably accessory pack, then probably the second wait the the other two guys Dumbo and and Dopey. Uh, it's probably how I would prioritize them personally, <laughs> but uh... so I'm definitely I feel like the accessory pack. I don't know why. I just have the feeling that that's going to be the one that's out the least and the hardest to get. I, I don't know why. I just have this feeling that that's going to be the case. So that and Rex one are definitely my top two. And then Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage and then Lotus Blossom. And I can never say his damn name. Hakachari. I just heard you say it like three, four times. I can never remember it. <laughs> that one. And then Bebop and Rocksteady's gang, they're definitely my last picks for sure. thing that I really want the most is that damn black and white Usagi that I missed out on. Because I didn't even... I, if I could have gotten the autographed one that was $100, I would have gotten that. But I was driving at the time and didn't even think about it. So I missed out on that completely. But I don't know. I just really want that other black and white Usagi figure. <laughs> Yeah, I think that one's going to be hard to get. I think that I one's going to be limited. See, I don't know how, how this is going to go in general, though, because the stuff from Holothon, it stayed up online for a while, but you really couldn't find it in Targets too long after Holothon. But the, all the Toon stuff that debuted at the end of the summer, like uh, the Neutrinos and uh, the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang and all that, they're still on target shelves by me. Yeah. So I'm maybe we're just at the point in the line where these characters are getting so obscure they're not selling as much. So hopefully that means, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady's gang and Mona Lisa and stuff will be hanging out on shelves for months to come. The thing is, that's the problem with NECA is you can you can never tell. So you just have to buy them out of fear, like as soon as you can. Cause I still I never got to Razar and Toka last year. It was just there was too much stuff out and I never saw them once I could have got them online, but I passed because I had just spent so much money and then like my chance was gone. And now like they said they were going to bring them back at one point, they never came back by me. So I I've never gotten them. So when you're referring to them, are you referring to them when they hit the first time in the spring last year and then you didn't see them in the fall? They were supposed to hit in the spring. I heard some rumors that that yep. only happened for retail in Europe. I don't know if that's true. Okay, because that's the thing. I, I think or they might have went to very, very select stores. I know they I'm pretty sure they undermade that run at first, but when they came back in the fall, I can't even remember if I ordered mine online or how I got it in the fall. I think I might have ordered mine on target.com in the fall. I'm pretty sure I got them right when they went up. Um that's what I should have done. But I have a hard time believing they're not gonna rerun that set. Because I've seen uh there's a target, the furthest target from me has actually on a couple occasions restocked a scumbug and anthrax. Uh, okay. Pack. I've seen that a couple times. times. Uh, they're still putting uh rat King and Vernon out. I'm still seeing that pop yep. up on show. And he's actually available on target.com right now too, which is, I mean, 
That that was yeah. at one time kind of a hard set to find. That I had to get it at Holothon last year because I missed it when it initially came okay. out. I ordered I ordered it off the Target website last year, and then like the day after I ordered, I saw like three on the shelf at Holothon. <laughs> always happens like that. Yeah, but I'm I got uh robot Bebop and Rocksteady at a Holothon at, at like Target last year. Yeah, I found mine in store. Yeah, and I, I'm glad because they're like Coco and Razar. They never came back. Like I've no. never seen them on shelves. And those so. I feel like were like Token Razar, where it just it just seems like that was a smaller run of figures too. Because like you said, once those ones were gone, they were gone. Like those ones yeah. weren't easy to find after that one week they were put out. They were definitely yeah, like first come first serve, uh, which is weird because I feel like. You know, even though they are, they're not technically not variants because they're not actually Bebop and Rocksteady. They're like robots Krang just made that look like Bebop and Rocksteady. But it, they seem like they are, like despite being kind of like, you know, different versions of Bebop and Rocksteady, they seem like they're more popular choices for a lot of people than a lot of these obscure characters are because people know Bebop and Rocksteady. So if they see a cool version of them they're probably more inclined to buy that than Chakahachi or something. That's so. the set we left out. We didn't talk about Rhino Man and Mighty Hog. Yeah, that's that, and it's, to be and it's out. I'm really annoyed because I was going to say that when we, oh, damn it. So yeah, so that is the other set that I feel like is going to go fast along with the, um, the Usagi and the accessory pack. Because again, anytime we get Bebop and Rocksteady, they do seem to go fast, just like you said. So that will actually probably be my number one set after the accessory pack you see the problem is i can't prioritize against my inner fanboy and my inner fanboy has its order of how much i like the characters <laughs> and, uh, i mean i know mona lisa's top on your list but like even like rex one like rex one i have to put him above everyone else because rex one's so cool yeah and uh he's probably the the ultimates usually stay around longer than anybody else yeah so they're um, typically the ones that you can find on target. Cause again, the pizza monster is still available on there. The glow in the dark muck man still available on there. I feel like the regular muck man was available on there for a very long time too. And it does seem like those are a lot and they just sit on shelves longer. It seems like too. Do, I feel yeah. like when those guys first hit, they were the first ultimates figures that sat for a while. Like the foot soldiers never sat cause they're army builders. You know what yeah. I mean? But after that, I feel like they kind of started to sit for a little bit. Yeah, I'll still see sometimes I go into a Target, I'll still see Muckmans and uh, Mondos and and uh, Metalheads like laying around. Uh, they they were they've just really I mean I think Mondo and and Muckman more than any others they were just on shelves for like two years. Like yeah. it was like you could just you can still find them sometimes. So me prioritizing Rex One over a lot of the stuff that's probably not going to be around is pretty dumb because. Rex one's probably going to be around for a long time, but Rex one's so freaking cool. Like I wanted Rex one's been up there as one of my most wanted figures yeah. for so long. That... Same here, because I mean, that's probably one of my top five favorite episodes. Again, one I had <laughs> on VHS and the cool thing about him is I really hope we get like the evil robots too. And then again, yeah. I mean, I'll probably have to get like two or three of those guys. Cause I mean, like there, there's just, they just be, I mean, there's, I'm not even going to say they'd be idiots because there's no way they're not going to do that. You know what I mean? Those figures yeah. are going to come for sure. And again, yeah, that's just such a good episode. I'm stoked to get those guys. Like I, I have like my, my channel six set up right now. I, I, I guarantee I'm going to figure out some way to have Irma involved with, with uh, Rex oh, yeah. one. <laughs> like he's going to be holding her or something. Got to. But, uh, but yeah, that'd be an awesome, I mean, I'm not an army builder, so I'd probably just get one, but it would be cool to get like the evil Rexes, like the. Yeah. Oh man, I just love this. Uh, Again, anytime you take something and make it black, I'm always going to like it more too, so. <laughs> 
It's got that black and red scheme. There's still a lot more figures other than the Toon figures, too, that are coming out. (laughs) Tons of comic book stuff. That's the stuff that's an easy pass for me right now because that's going to go to every other retailer in the world. And honestly... I'm just going to start talking to my local LCS, um, Oh Yeah Comics of Muncie, because Christy told me she would just hold figures for me anyway. So I'm just going to have them slowly trickle in through there. And just, I mean, <laughs> then I can at least support a local business too. And I'm not just giving my money to Target. You know what I mean? Comic stuff is an easy wait for me. Yeah, it is for me too. I mean, for in general, I've never, well, not in general, I've never collected any of the Mirage figures. And it's not like, it's not because I don't care about the Mirage figures. They're really cool. I, the Triceraton is really cool. It's going to be hard He's, not to yeah. buy that guy. If I see him in stores, that's going to be a hard thing to pass up. Yeah, because I mean, dude, he just looks monstrous too, man. He looks <laughs> big. I'm a sucker for like big monstrous figures. It, it's just like, you know, I'm already doing the movie. I'm already doing the, the tune line. And now since I grabbed Slash, I'm like, I'm basically doing Archie now also, I guess. So it's like, I, I just can't collect the game line and the Mirage line and this and that. It's like, I got to pick what I'm going to actually collect and just stick to that. So I, I've never actually like collected any of the Mirage figures. So for me, that's an easy pass. There's There's been times where I've seen Fugitoid and I've been really tempted to get Fugitoid. Uh, I've seen Renette. She's easier to pass up. I don't need Renette. Yeah, she's not um, great. It looks like her, but she was never like one of my favorite Turtles characters or anything. Like she's not yeah. bad, but she's not like one of those characters when I think of Ninja Turtles. I'm like, ooh, Renette. She was awesome. Like I, right. I, I, I mean, just every I time know. I think about that, I just think that it's the the, the art park guy. Yeah, who made the dude who made Cerebus. Service, um, yeah, yeah, he couldn't, or because he had like half the rights of that comic, that one couldn't be reprinted for a while. So that one had like a <laughs> lot of like hoopla around it and stuff like that. So that's what I always think of when I think of that issue. When the new comic book turtles come out, are you gonna pass on those two? Oh, the ones based on like uh, where they're like bigger and boxier and stuff, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on those too. But uh, it's funny because you know, people always say Mirage Turtles, they always do like the the issue one like little skinny ones with the long beaks and the fat uh the calves and stuff but for most of the mirage comics they actually looked like the big blocky ones yeah like they actually changed the art style pretty quick so uh i think it's by like the fifth or so issue maybe it goes a little bit deeper than that but yeah it is pretty quick the first issue they look the most like that for sure and i think even going into the second it's tweaked a little bit. I, I know definitely by the, the end of the first 10 comics, like they're just full on, like the big blocky yeah. buff ones. It happens somewhere. It's kind of gradual. I feel like each each book, they change a little bit until they yeah. get like, um, but yeah, the first one, they look the most like actual turtles. Yeah, I'm not saying like, I didn't read the whole the whole run either. You know, I only read like the first, I don't even, I can't even remember because it was so many years ago, probably like first like 15 issues, maybe, maybe 12 issues i don't remember um <laughs> probably more like 15 I, I, I can't remember but it was years ago but but yeah i'm not like a, a mirage purist or anything but i i do think that's probably why a lot of people just obsess over those issue one designs because i think that's more or less what people who aren't hardcore turtle fans they, that's what they think all the mirage comics look like yeah it's a line i'm going to i am going to pass on like i said fugitoid and triceraton those are going to be hard for me to ignore i forget which triceraton is it's not mozar i forget which one it is they're doing uh crap i can't think of it anyway 
either. If no, you were he just going to get like a couple two offs, I feel like the Triceraton and Fugitoid that could be a little set in and of itself too. <laughs> yeah. So, not trying to put the pressure on you there, but. Yeah, I feel like you're going to have a hard time passing on that Triceraton when you see it for sure. He does look dope. I've been thinking that too, that they do go together pretty much. And then I was also thinking like, well, Fugitoid never had an 87 cartoon design and he he kind of fits in with the 87 uh, toy line, like the tune line. Honestly, he does. Like his cell shading <laughs> works pretty well with it. And he should have been. That's so weird that Fugitoid was never in the 87 cartoon. That was the first thing they did, even before they did TMNT. And then yeah. they had him in the series within... Does he come in in the fourth issue, or is it the fifth issue that he comes in? I can't even remember now. I think it's... I want to say it's the fourth already that he comes okay, in. Okay, that's what I think. Because I think that art goes from, like, four to seven or something like that. Where Yeah, it's one of the earliest things that happens in the comics is the whole Fugitoid story, which is... That that was probably the thing that blew my mind the most when I went back and read Mirage, because like I always just thought, oh, Fugitoy was this weird one-off toy that they made in the uh, the the you know eighty the eighty-eight Playmates line, and then for some reason the two thousand three cartoon did stuff. I was like, oh, what a random guy to, to feature in the two thousand three cartoon when they skipped all these other characters. But then I went back and read the vintage comics, like, oh shit, like pretty much right out of the gate, almost Fugitoy yep. is like a huge deal. So. Uh, that that I didn't know that. And then I learned like, oh, they made him up before the turtles. He was actually cameoing in the turtles, basically. And yeah, so I learned all that again when I learned about Mirage and stuff like that. I knew none of that <laughs> either. And I he was in one that I mean, as a kid, I would have been sure that he was in the cartoon somewhere. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea that it just the Fugitoid actually had nothing to do with the original cartoon, like a lot of the figures. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely just odd because you think like he's there were so many characters in the, in the toy line who were nothing like, you know, Ace Duck was just invented to be a toy. Like right. he wasn't, he wasn't based on anything. And even though it was, it was brief and he wasn't even an actual in universe character, he still made an appearance in the cartoon. Here comes Fugitoid, this guy that just has, you know, years of lore attached to him. And they was like, nah, we have no use for him. They, they didn't put him in the cartoon. So it's, it's it was really weird, but he right. would fit in really well. If you just get the Mirage one, he would fit in really well with my tune display. Honestly, I'm still, anytime I see him, I'm still tempted. Like maybe, <laughs> but now the holophone's happening. Hell no. Now I'm not buying anything, but holophone. So are you going to get man Ray then? Yeah. Cause that, that's the Archie. Yeah. And I, I already got Archie slash cause he was too cool. I couldn't pass it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like, oh. I'm not going in on Archie, but there's, when I saw him in stores, there was no way I wasn't going to get that Archie slash. Like I, I, I could yeah. not pass that in real life. I'm just going to say, originally, I didn't have any intentions of collecting Archie either, but the way I already felt that way about Slash and store, I already know it's going to happen. If I see Dreadmon or something and store, I'll be like, this figure's too cool. I got to buy this. And I'm just going to yeah. end up buying them all. So, and I don't, I don't even have like an intimate connection to, to Archie. I didn't like, you know, read Archie as a kid and stuff. So uh, it's just, they're just, they make cool action figures and they're characters I wish had action figures in the vintage line. So I'll probably end up getting all the Archie ones which I, th I think all three of them are coming out now with Holothon. I think Man Ray, Jaguar, and Dreadmon are all coming out now. So that's what the one thing I didn't see was, and again, I, I, I can't even remember their names as you're saying them either, but the Jaguar and whatever the other dude is. Dreadmon. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't see those in any of the pictures that I've seen. So I don't know if those are hitting right now, but I definitely saw Man Ray in the pictures. Okay. Yeah, Man Ray, they said originally that Slash and Man Ray were going to be the first one. So yeah. I hope it's just Ray and, you know, they hold off on the other two. 
Yeah. But they, you know how, how NECA is. They don't give a shit about our wallets. They don't right. <laughs> like they, they had so many months to sprinkle some of these out. Like I, I know maybe they weren't ready or they didn't ship. I don't know. It just seems like there has to be a better alternative to just re, like going six months without releasing a single figure and then just putting out over $700 worth of toys at once. Yeah. It is just bizarre because typically Holothon is like a multi-week thing. You know what I mean? So is this just going to be like, are they just blowing their whole wad right off the bat? Just one big old shebang. Like I haven't heard anything from any of the other brands up to this point either. NECA is the only thing that I've really heard anything on. I mean, I always forget that other brands even do anything. I just think like Holothon is NECA. It's like, oh, it's NECA season. (laughs) But uh, Yeah, I know other companies do stuff too. But like, yeah, for me, it's just NECA. But I haven't heard anything. I actually didn't hear anything for a while. Every day I've been checking online, like NECA Holothon 2023. So I'm pretty sure today was their first official announcement that they actually said something because again like i feel like that's how it always is with NECA stuff like it leaks way before it actually gets announced and stuff like that and then they're just like well i mean everybody knows anyway so what's the point (laughs) of rushing to announce this i'm really hoping there's no surprises because remember last year robot bebop and rocksteady were not announced they were like leaked in a screenshot behind like one of the artists and then like the next i think those were the ones on kevin eastman's when they did an interview with him, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was behind Kevin Eastman. Yeah, never yeah. mind. I, I was thinking it was like a neck arse. No, you're right. Yeah, it was Kevin Eastman. And then like a week later, they were on store shelves. Yeah. And like no one had any idea they were coming. They well, were so like, again, we already had that with that Red Ronin figure. He was never announced at all. And recently they had another one that was never announced. So did you see the comic book, The Mirage, like the battle damage shredder and foot soldiers that went out? that walmart exclusives they went up real quick and then they were gone and a bunch of people are already getting their orders canceled that was shown off uh i don't know about the foot soldier but the shredder was shown off when they did a cross sell uh in december i believe oh they did show that okay i don't remember seeing yeah. that because it showed him without the helmet on you could take the helmet off and, yep. and stuff and he has like the, the, you know it's like right before he dies in the first yep. comic basically and he comes with the grenade and everything they did show that off but i they probably showed the foot soldiers too i have a hard time remembering foot soldiers because I've seen a million foot soldier toys in my life, (laughs) but yeah, they definitely did show off the shredder. I will give them that. I'm just hoping they don't do like a bombshell surprise, like something like, you know, some big character that everyone needs. And then they just drop it. I was like, surprise, we're we're doing this character. Well, for me, I'm just afraid that they're going to start dropping like the turtle layer stuff and stuff like that. Like right after this, because that's the thing, like last year they had, it started with the Mouser packs, and then they had all like the Zack and Smash two packs, Usagi, all that stuff went up. Then we went right into Holothon, and then right around that same time, they put up the Secret of the Ooze like exclusive yeah. four pack and stuff like that. Like they and the Turtle and the Van, Turtle Van went up at that time too, exactly. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess that's something. Did you didn't go in on the Turtle Van, did you? No, unfortunately, I didn't. I Okay, so the NECA one is the one that I went in on. And have you seen that they got a redesign on that too? No, I haven't. Yeah, so they did lower the hump, which I, I didn't think the hump was as egregious as everybody else did. Like, it didn't bother me that much, but yeah. they flattened it out a lot, and it looks really good. Yeah, it, I mean, I thought it looked pretty good because it, it, it wasn't perfectly flat in the cartoon. There's a um, lot of episodes where it is kind of bubbled up like that as well. So yeah. they weren't just pulling that out of their ass. There was base for it. I think, yeah, I think I don't think the, the blame is on NECA. I think people are blaming NECA. It's like the blame should be put on 
I don't even want to say the original animators. Those poor guys like worked their hands to the bones like back <laughs> in the day. But like the animation was very inconsistent in the 87 cartoon. Like we've said before, there's there's episodes where April's taller than Leatherhead and stuff like right. the, like stuff just was just amorphous in that show. And uh, there just wasn't really any consistency to anything. So I don't think it's really anyone's fault. I think NECA just happened to look at a lot of screenshots where it was, you know, bubbly and that's what it looked like. So, yeah. And for me, I thought it would just be so that way you could have some of the taller figures possibly standing in there. Because again, when they show the inside of the van, sometimes it looks like you could have 40 people in the back of that thing. You know what I mean? It looks as big as Donnie's lab sometimes. It definitely does. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the problem is when you're adapting uh, cartoon designs to, you know, real life is like, you can't have that cartoon logic anymore where, it you know it can, in a cartoon something can look like an outhouse on the outside and then be a hotel on the inside right. so it's like <laughs> it, it's hard to like actually make those realistic because even if you do like the turtle layer you can always say in some scenes you get a shot where it looks like it's a freaking loft like it's so big and vast right and then in other scenes you can see pipes like right above their heads and stuff so well, so that's the thing even their bedrooms so like sometimes they all have their own bedrooms sometimes they're in like this hallway where there's two on one side two on the other and then there's yeah. one episode where they have a quadruple bunk bed. <laughs> I don't remember the quadruple bunk bed. Uh, it's a really early one. It's where either Splinter, I think April's reading him a nighttime story. It's right at the end of an episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what episode it is. One I had on VHS because that's why I know so much about it. But yeah, that was like a, probably like a season two episode or something. Yeah, it was an early one. I know that. But yeah, I usually I think of it as the uh, the the four like tunnels like you know they yeah. have like a pipe hole that's like their bed in there basically like two on one side two on the other but yeah um yeah i don't know that's the thing about the layer too is even if we do get the layer is it just going to be the tv room or is it going to be the bedroom where they sleep or is it going to be like oh, all wait, have you not seen all this stuff for it oh no i haven't oh man okay so we only have a couple minutes to cover this but so it's coming out in three parts they're going to do the living room is one section the kitchen is one section and donnie's lab is a section Oh, that's weird. So yeah. no, no bedroom area? No, not in this run of it anyway. Oh, that's that's weird. I mean, I guess like at some point you got to stop because then it's like, if you really want to get technical, it's like, well, then the room right next to the turtles lair is Mondo Gecko's room. And then right. like, so, so uh, again, the living room is the most important one for me. Definitely. So if I only get one, I'm getting the living room for sure. I mean, for me, I, I'd love to get these play sets and stuff, but for me, I just, I really don't know where I would even put the play sets and stuff. Like, I don't know where they would I'm go. hoping they're perfectly bookshelf size because if they're yeah. not, I don't know what I'm gonna do with either like i'm hoping that was their plan because i know i'm pretty sure if you have all three of them lined up i think two of the neca city sets set on top of it okay it's how the spacing is on it so that's like you i mean again i don't know how big those are but i'm assuming they're gonna be about perfect size to go on an average bookshelf if not yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do so yeah that was another reason why i passed on the turtle van not only was it so expensive but it's like realistically i'm this thing's gonna be freaking huge i don't know where the hell this i is was thinking about that the other day i don't know what i'm gonna do with it man but i mean i'm gonna figure something out because again i think that's the as far as other than the arcade one-up cabinet i think that's my single biggest purchase ever at this point and then it was the cheapest of the turtle fans that were available so yeah so the underground arsenal one drops down to like 179.99 and honestly oh, yeah. if i didn't go in on the neca one i would probably get that at that price point but 
I don't know. Well, I'm hoping that it, I made the right move. I feel like out of the three, it just seemed like the best decision for me. Yeah. I, if I was going to go with them, it was going to be the NECA. I would never do Super 7. Like, I just, there's no way, man. I would probably honestly get the, if I was going to shell out that money, I would probably get the Mezco Turtles before I got that van, honestly. I probably would too. I just, it's going to be, first of all, it's going to be even bigger than NECA one. And then, second well, of all, huge. it's like, yeah, it's it's like uh, the the down payment for a house to get that right, right? <laughs> and then it's it's probably not going to be out until I'm like sixty years old anyway. So oh, yeah. like, again, it got pushed back again, and I would expect it to get pushed back again with how Super Seven does stuff. So <laughs> yeah, so we might not not even ever get it. I mean, look at how long it took him to get Snake Mountain done, which understandably that thing was massive, right? But, uh, but that took years to get done. Yeah, so. so like um the um Thundercats, the Thunder Tank just hit. And yeah. I think that was, I don't know how far behind that one was, but people seem to be pretty happy with it for the most part, it seems like. I know that's massive. I know the yeah. Thunder Tank is huge. So the, the Turtle Van's probably even bigger than that. The Thunder uh, Tank I know is bigger dimensionally as far as like width and length goes. The Thunder Tank is actually it, bigger. I don't think it's as tall as the Turtle No van though so yeah i think it rides a little bit lower but i mean it's huge man like if you see somebody holding it it's enormous like you can only (laughs) keep that thing on the floor or you'd have to get like a special table made just for it or something (laughs) hi this is april o'neill channel six news and you're watching the party wagon podcast so cool all right so moving into the meat and potatoes of our conversation we're going to be talking about all the tmnt video games i mean not i'm not going to say we're not going to talk about them all but all the video games are kind of fair game for this conversation so kicking it off with what i think is the most infamous game of all time i feel like if you are in our age bracket you had this game or you knew someone that had this game i feel like Everybody played that first original Ninja Turtles game, and I feel like as kids, it was unbeatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it was the first Turtles game I had, the one on NES. It was my my brother owned all the Turtles games we owned. He got them for like Christmas and birthdays and stuff, and it was like impossible. He was the better gamer of the two because you know, he was three years older than me, so I was still sucking my thumb probably, and he was like. He was much better, you know. He was he was playing hard as nails games like Ninja Gaiden and stuff. So uh, even he he couldn't. I think the furthest he ever got was like the airport stage with the giant Mouser, and I think that's like the farthest he ever got. And I was asleep when he got that far anyway. So I didn't so did it really that. happen? Yeah, I thought for years <laughs> I thought he was making it up, and he convinced himself he was making it up until I played it when I got older in my twenties, and I got to the giant Mouser, and we were like oh shit, wait, that was real. (laughs) Because, because you know what, if he had made it up, he would have said something ridiculous. Like, oh, you know, you get to a stage and you fight like some crazy character from the toy line or something. Like you'd be scum, you'd be fighting scumbug or something or mutagen man. Like it wouldn't be like a giant mouser. (laughs) Honestly, that is kind of a far-fetched character because mousers don't even appear in the video game. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden you fight this giant one. So I have never even seen anybody get that far. So I couldn't tell you what happened that far. in. there are mousers in the sewers actually to be, you can fight little mousers, uh, Little purple mousers uh, earlier in the game. Is that what they are? Those are supposed to be mousers. Oh, yeah, man, I didn't even know that. That's <laughs> one of the things I was going to talk about for this game. It just seems like there's like 
very little rhyme or reasons for the bad guys in this game. Yeah. Like, I feel like the closest you get to anything that resembles real characters is sometimes you fight the frog guy and he looks <laughs> kind of like a punk frog, I guess. Which were good guys, but okay. Right, but okay. So, and then I feel like the one guys kind of look like Rat King a little bit to me. Yes, I oh the guys who throw the boomerangs. I always yeah. said that was Rat King when I was a kid. I always thought that's who it was supposed to be too. I, I never like I didn't think about why he would be throwing a boomerang. I just nope. like you know back back then. I mean, hell, when they made the Mario movie, King Koopa was a human. So like I never questioned any of that kind of <laughs> stuff. So. Uh, when I saw Racking throwing a boomerang, I was like, oh, that's just what he does in this game. Like, uh, I, I I still call that guy Rat King when I'm playing the game. I'm like, get the hell out of my way, Rat King and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even think about it. But one of the bosses is like, it looks like a turtle, but it's blue. And then you beat him and he turns into like a, a mech, like a little Gundam or something. And you like that. And uh, as a kid, I just said that was Metalhead, even though it's not. He's called like Mecha Turtle or something. Yeah, there's real. I mean, you got people up in Rocksteady in there. There's no Krang. There's no Leatherhead. There's a guy made out of fire. There's like a like Leatherface is like a, a bad Texas guy. Chainsaw Massacre dude. <laughs> and then there's just weird shit. There's like the pairs of legs on the ceiling that hop down and like the those. And then there's the little like. <laughs> I don't know. They're like, I don't even know. They're like little frog guys with like one giant cyclops eye. And they're like the easiest things ever to avoid. They're like the least terrible ones. But the ones that suck that I hate the most are those fucking moths that dive at you, man. Like if without my, I feel like Mikey takes care of those guys the best. But like, if you have Donnie, if you don't hit them just at the right time, one of those things is always going to hit you. Yeah, they they stack them too. They'll be like four yeah. on top of each other, like a whole armada of those guys coming at you. If you like up attack or down attack at the right time, Donnie can take the whole row out. But yeah, it's yeah. like it's very specific. I hated the guy. There's this guy. I mean, he's just like a, the shape of a human, but he's like made out of putty or something. He's like a putty from uh, Power Rangers. And every time you hit him, he like splits up into smaller ones that start running and jumping everywhere. And like, that guy's a pain in the ass. I used to, as a kid though, I used to call, there's like the big robot thing that like when you hit him, his head flies off. I used to call he that. Is, okay. So <laughs> I think Donnie can two hit that guy, but everybody else, like, I don't think you can kill that head with anybody else in one hit. I don't think so. Cause I know Leo has to four hit kill him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And the, Donnie is just one hit for the body and one hit for the head. And yep. but, Let's just get that out of the way. Donnie is the turtle you want to be in this game. <laughs> Don is just like all the turtles are supposed to have different strengths against different enemies, but Don has all of their strengths against all of the enemies. Like Don is the best range, the best strength. The only flaw really is he, he's just slow with his attack, but it's slow and it only hits a very like specific target to where like Mikey's nunchucks, like, I mean, they'll take out everything yeah. in front of you. You know what I mean? You don't have to be accurate with Donnie. You do have to be a little bit more accurate, but even just playing through it the other night, like when you're up on the thing, doing the cheese thing against rock steady, like his <laughs> bow staff is so long when it comes <laughs> down, like it's ridiculous. Like it would literally yeah. be like two bow lengths in real life. <laughs> it's like, it's more than half the length like of your TV screen. It has to be, yeah. Because those two sprites definitely aren't half the size of the screen. Yeah. 
it's it's insane how long his range is. Yeah, he was just always the best. I remember that was always a rule I thought applied to all Turtles games as a kid, that Don was the best in all games. But as I get older, I don't know if that's actually true. But in the first game, I definitely think it is. Don has a clear advantage. I feel like Wrath is probably the worst in that first game. That's kind of how I feel, too. I feel like he's the least useful. You know, Mikey's strong against flying enemies for some reason. Leo has decent range, but he's not quite as strong as Don. And then Don is just a powerhouse with insane range. Wrath, like, you have to get inside of an enemy's ass just to hit them. Like, it's, like, insane how close you have to get to them to do damage. It's so rare that you can hit something without also taking damage yourself. Yeah. It's always my biggest problem as a kid because Raph was my favorite. So he's <laughs> always who I wanted to play with. Like he's always yeah. who I wanted to play with. And I was always so bummed because he dies so fast. I use Raph as like a meat shield in that game. Like if I'm going yep. through a hard, like, you know, the part where you're, you're dropping down screens and the spikes are closing in on the side. And uh, I think you think I'm a lot better at this game than I am. Okay. I've definitely I've beaten, never made it that far. I've beaten this game before, but not many times. I think only twice in my life I've beaten it, but I've beaten this game before. I, I can usually, if I play it, I'm going to get to the Technodrome. I'm just probably going to game over at the te- like inside the Technodrome. Like Once I get inside the Technodrome, I pretty much game over like every time. Even when I was doing my movie reviews, I just showed like a playthrough I did of the game. And by the time you get to my last review, I game over in the Technodrome. (laughs) Yeah, there's a part where like the walls are just closing in. And if you touch those walls, it's instant death for the turtle that touches them. So like Raph does that part for me. And uh, if there's ever fire, fire is a one hit kill. I just have Raph do those parts because if one turtle is going to get captured, I I don't care if it's Raph. It's like Raph, then Mikey, then Leo, then Don is the one you want to hold on to. Or like if I'm doing the the part with the dam when you're swimming through the electric plants and all that, that's a job for Raph. Yep. <laughs> He's always my switch in now. So, cause again, I keep, I keep doing the same thing where like, cause I've watched the playthroughs now, so I know what to do and I keep getting to the same part in the city and I just, something comes up and then I come back to it and I'm like, well, I'm just going to start over and just play again. And this always happens to me, but I, I have a goal this year to where I am at least going to get to the Technodrome. Like I have to play through all this game. I know it's doable now. I've seen so many people do it. I feel like the part where everybody got stuck is the level after the dam stage two. I feel like we're, if you don't know what you're doing there, I mean, there's just so many places to go and only very few of them actually matter in the grand scheme of things. But we just got to talk about the dam level for a second. Like, It's infamous fucking seaweed, man. So I actually watched a video on it that showed where the hit boxes are and stuff like that. And they're so out of whack. And that's why you can't get the pattern down. I can't remember right offhand if they sit high or low, but whatever direction it is, one of them, the hit boxes are well below it. And the other ones, the hit boxes are well like above. So, Oh yeah. There's not really like, it's not consistent between the top and the bottom, how far you can go into it. So even that's like screwed up in it. That explains a lot. Cause like, you know, I've seen like, there's some of these guys who play these games like Arcus and stuff online who are just freaking amazing at yep. NES games. And like, they just go through them. They make them look so easy. And I've always thought like, how do you swim through the plants and not get hit? Like I I've tried so many times I tried to stay as in between them as much as possible, but I guess you don't want to be in between them. You no, want to yeah, be in, there is in a preferred side. up or down. I can't remember what it is. Um, because again, yeah, last I played through it last night and I took me, I took Raph all the way down and I got Mikey's <laughs> health half the way down going through it. I mean, I can still get through that part pretty easily, and I mean, 
as a kid, there'd be times I would die there over and over because I just, I mean, that seaweed, man, once it gets you, like you just go fast. Yeah. That, that was usually where I died as a kid. I think I, I made it through there a couple times as a little kid and got to like, you know, level two and level two was just like, like you said, it's just overwhelming. Like, it's just like, okay, now explore all of New York city. And I'm like, where do I go? And I'm, I'm getting killed just driving the turtle van around and stuff. But my brother, I watched play level two a lot. And uh, he usually died in level two. I did see him beat like the mecha turtle. And I, I never really saw him get any further. Apparently one night he got to the giant mouser. But um, I think the dam is like, it's like, you know, the turbo tunnel in uh, Battletoads, like level yep. three where you're on the, the jet, the motorcycles. It's yep. just one of those infamous like NES generation stages where like, all of us, we played these games as kids, and there was just that one stage that came pretty early in the game that was just stupidly difficult. And like we all there was just notorious. Like everyone at school knew that stage sucked. Yep. And everyone, like people say they did that on purpose so that you'd have to rent the game multiple times. I don't know if that's true or not, but the dam is just one of one of those moments like that, which I always found weird too. It comes out of nowhere too. There's no mention that like the foot clan wants to destroy this dam. It's like <laughs> all of a sudden April's like, go save the dam. Like what dam? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's not based on like a turtle story. I know of or anything, but no, I just feel like they just had to get in that mandatory terrible water level that makes it so nobody ever wants water levels in any games ever donkey kong is the only game that's ever done water levels well i feel like yeah there's i think mega man games have good water levels because but mega man's kind of mega man's kind of cheating because you don't swim you just jump i'll give that to you yeah and i kind of like that jump i don't know why but i do like the water levels yeah, like they, they get a little douchey with like the spikes on the ceiling and Bubble Man stage and stuff. Yep. Or like, don't jump too high. But Dude, that's just um, what I don't like that it's in his final <laughs> stage. Like, that's bullshit that he has him in his area where, but I guess that's kind of what his power is, is to get you up there. But yeah, that always pissed me <laughs> off. But yeah, Mega Man had good water levels. But again, it doesn't really count because it's not the usual water physics that games have. Yeah. Uh, oh, like another so- thing. Um, about the swimming physics in that game it doesn't matter what direction like you if you push up you don't swim up like if you just tap the swim button oh, it really? takes you up and i never knew that i never knew that either yeah see like you were saying donkey kong is like the the best when it comes to swimming donkey kong country yeah. like on the super nintendo also you get a sword fishing and just kill everything with it right but um that's like it's so responsive you hold down and keep tapping b in donkey kong like They'll keep paddling, but they won't go as high. You can like control if they go if you hold up, they 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 go higher when they swim. If you hold down, they go lower. Like you have complete control in the water in Donkey Kong. So the other bullshit thing is the currents in the water too. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like when you go to get the like when you're at the furthest top to the right and you get that one bomb that's just on the other side of the electric things. Like I can never get back to the other side without it zapping me ever. Yeah, you can get in no problem because, yeah, the current's, like, sucking you in. But then when you're leaving, it's sucking you back. So it's like you – I swear you can't get through that entire part without taking some damage. And But that's the thing. I feel like, like you said, when you watch Arcus, does he (laughs) – I feel like he goes through there almost flawlessly, doesn't he? I think so. I I, I don't know. There are times where Arcus will just take damage in games just to, like, you know, muscle through. I guess it's quicker to do it that way than to avoid the attack. 
So I don't remember, but I feel like like that part just flawless. Like like a player like him will just go right through it and like. Yeah, again, every time you see someone swim through that seaweed, it doesn't even look real. You're like, what, what is this black magic that's happening? Right <laughs> yeah, now? the only person I ever watched online play that part that was I could relate to was the angry video game nerd James Rolfe because it's like, yes, that is what it was like. That right? is what it felt like. <laughs> And then there's also the other seaweed that it's not like the plants. It's like the stringy stuff that kills you in one hit. And that would get me all the time as a kid. And I would be so pissed when that one happened, because again, there's no, no comeback. Your turtle's gone when that happened. And you have to restart the whole stage because you don't get to switch your turtle on the spot. Like yep. if they're getting hit by the, the lightning plants, whatever the fuck they are, if you're getting hit by those, you switch just before he dies. You can pick, you can still keep playing right from there yep. with another healthy turtle. But if he if he one hit dies, then you're back at the beginning of the dam. And right. Like that. And then you've wasted a turtle. You've wasted that raft already. <laughs> Luckily, if you know where you're going, once you get to level two, you can find you uh, a turtle. There's like a, a rescue spot, right? Yep. Each level has a rescue spot. The level two, the level two one is a little hard to find. Level three, it's actually kind of easy to find, actually. You you if you go the right path in level three, you actually pass it automatically, I believe. Level four is probably the hardest part of that game um when it's so the inside the technodrome is kind of notorious for being the hardest part of the game and it's ridiculous the jetpack guys are fucking assholes <laughs> i know there's like a glitch where you can just make them like leave the screen instantly and they you actually don't have to fight them okay. i never remember exactly how you do that but the, the stage before you fight the technodrome where you're looking for the technodrome and you're going to all these caves and there's like porcupine men attacking you and all this crazy shit <laughs> there's a guy who looks like uh general grievous from like the star wars prequels who rolls up in a ball and stuff and it's like <laughs> those enemies are so freaking hard and it's it's just like a game of chance there's all there's like three different caves you can go down to find that one of them has a technodrome it's different every time and i feel like it's automatically the third one you check you never get it on your first try and to go through those just to check it you you like you basically have to lose a turtle each time almost because you get your ass kicked so bad by those guys by the time you get to the technodrome you're just so weak from looking for it that you just don't stand a chance anymore and i think that's the the biggest problem the, the thing that sucks about this game so if you're really good if you're like freaking arcus or something like you can just you can just go beat that game but if you're a normal human being like me i guess <laughs> Like, you're not just some master who's like freaking awesome at every game you play. If you're just some average scrub like me, um, you need to collect the scroll item. So there's like the scrolls where you shoot like a, a little like sonic boom and it like takes everything out. So you have, so I always, in level two, there's a, there's the easiest way to stockpile those. And you can also get like the, the grappling hooks while you're doing that too. And missiles, you get everything you need right there, but then you have to keep those the rest of the game. So not only do you not want any of your turtles to die because then you lose scrolls and you lose all that wasted time grinding. Uh, but then also you have to watch out that enemies don't drop boomerangs or shurikens or something. Cause I can't tell you how many times that happens. You're just killing a group of enemies who are right on top of you. And then you just hear, and you look down and there's like a flashing boomerang next to your turtle. And it's just like, and I feel like that's how it always happens. Like it's never an enemy that you kill far away. It's one that you're <laughs> right on top of every time. Every so, time. So the scroll cheese method is the one that I've leaned into. And again, I did. <laughs> I sat there and grinded and grinded and got the 50 scrolls or whatever. And then something came up. So I didn't finish the game. But yeah. that seems to be the way that a lot of people say, if you're 
very average at the game to go that route because it'll help you a lot later. And again, that kind of does give purpose to the worst turtles then too, because clearly you're going to give it to them. You don't want to give Donnie your scrolls. You know what I mean? So yeah. Oh, like I that. stock them all with scrolls. I give them oh, all. Oh, you scrolls. do all of them. Okay, so you really <laughs> spam the scrolls then. Yeah. The thing is, I always lose a turtle by then. And I think my biggest problem is I don't use the scrolls enough. I like conserve my scrolls. I try to keep them all for the jetpack guys and shredder. So I should be using them on the porcupine men and the general grievances and shit. Like I should be blasting them with scrolls, but I try not to because I'm like, I'm gonna need this for the hard parts, but it's like Dude, this is the hard part. Like, you should be using them now. And I know when you get the shredder, he can one-hit kill you also if you hit you with his gun. Oh, really? Um, it just it demutates you and you turn into a little turtle and you just Okay, because I've never seen like a bad playthrough. I've only watched people <laughs> that just freaking are going for speed runs that just dominate the game. So yeah, so I guess I've never even seen the worst outcome of what shredder can do to you. Yeah, well, if you, you've never watched me play shredder then, I guess. Uh <laughs> The first time I ever beat him, it was probably around like 2008, I want to say. And uh, I found a glitch with Donnie where I just happened to be jumping and like using my bow staff in the same spot. And he just got stuck jumping to the high platform and then jumping down over and over oh, again. Nice. So I just got this rhythm where he wouldn't attack and he just kept taking my damage. The second time I fought him, all my turtles were gone, but Leo. It was like something that would happen in a, a turtles movie. Like all my turtles were gone, but Leo. I got down to like Leo had one piece of power. You get that obnoxious beep that's like, -da -da -da, like you're gonna, mm -hmm. like it just starts giving you freaking anxiety. Worst. And I'm like jumping all the trying to, he, I'm not getting the rhythm down. And I just happened to like at the last second just hit him one more time. It killed him just before he could have potentially killed me. And I killed him with one piece of health to spare. And like it was insane. It almost took me a, a second to even realize I beat the game. So I was just like, <laughs> angry at first i'm like good good take that or something i was just mad and i had to sit there for a second i'm like oh wow i did it <laughs> like it was that was later that was like 2015 or something probably but uh yeah i haven't beaten it since then but yeah anyway. it's on my bucket list i have to i have to beat that game before i die i feel like it's just one of those like <laughs> lifetime story archetype things you know what i mean like something that just you cannot ever figure out as a kid that it's like, okay, I have the resources now. Like, even I have to, if I have to do it with save states the first time just to figure it out, like, I just, yeah. I'm going to beat that damn game this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't, we can't let that fucking game win. That game has no. been taunting you since like 1989. Fuck that game. <laughs> exactly. So, that's how I feel about uh, Metroid. Not to get too off topic, I'll get back to Turtles game in a second, but Metroid on the NES is like, I can, uh, as a kid, I couldn't get anywhere. As an adult, I can get to Mother Brain, but I cannot beat Mother Brain. I'm like, someday I have to beat that fucking Brains. <laughs> so, and that's what sucks for me. And again, we won't get too far off topic here, but I've never allowed to play. I've never allowed myself to play Super Metroid because I haven't oh. beat the regular Metroid. I know. And everybody says Super <laughs> Metroid is one of the greatest games of all time, but it is. I started Metroid. I beat, who are the two mid bosses? Ridley and Kraid. Okay, so I beat Kraid, and then I was working through, because Ridley's chamber is, like, way bigger, right? So I was working through Ridley's, and then I He's stopped the playing that game somewhere yeah. through that. He's, uh, you can beat them in either order in that game. They don't really care. Yeah, because, again, that's what I liked about it, too. But, yeah, yeah. like, I feel like, all right, we're 22 minutes in, and we've only talked about one Turtles video game <laughs> so far. So I <laughs> we guess can't talk we, about Metroid too long. Before we move on, I guess just before we finish the first game, I guess I just want to say, like, despite the fact it was so hard and so brutal and so vaguely even connected to the actual Ninja Turtles IP as a kid, 
this game was just awesome though i loved it i played it so much man i played it so much like anytime i'd break out the nintendo i would pretty much put that in at least once in a playthrough i remember to the point i even remember like taking my playmates turtles figures and like on a horizontal plane like setting up with like with like little boxes, shoe boxes, and stuff, setting up levels, and have like acting like humming the music to the game, and acting like I'm playing the game. And I remember there was like a like a, a like a block of cement like under my hose in the backyard. And one day with chalk, I just drew a scene of like Raph in one of the buildings fighting like the, the frog guy or something. And it's like like it was just a it was a huge deal for me as a kid because I mean like the two greatest things in the universe in like 1989 1990 was like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Nintendo. Exactly. Like you combine those two things together and it was just like, well, you, you know, I don't know what the next 80 years are going to bring, but this is all life is about right right here. (laughs) Everything else is just filler. Like this is, this is the peak right here. So, and you know, it does follow the, the move, the, not the movie, but like the the comics and stuff to a certain degree, because it predates the movie actually, but they have the scene where like Splinter gets kidnapped. They go back to like the the lair and it's, um, and, you know, it has Shredder, it has the Technodrome, it has Foot Soldiers, uh, Mausers, maybe the Rat King, <laughs> Rocksteady and Bebop. I mean, it, I'm not going to lie. I, I, As a whole, as an adult, I don't think it's a bad game by any means. I don't like, it, it's a difficult game. It is, but it's not bad. No, as not far at as all. license game goes, it's probably one of the better until... The sequels, I mean, we could argue are better. Maybe we'll do that here in a little bit. But (laughs) for it's being its own thing, like being the only Turtles game that's not really a beat-em-up, especially early on. Like, I mean, I don't know. I go back and I have fun playing those first parts of the game still. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such an old game. So I, I excuse flaws in older games more than modern games because it's like, yeah, it was like over 30 years ago. Like home console gaming was still like a new thing so i think it's a solid game i think like yeah it has flaws but even the best games today have have big flaws too so it's like i I think people just dump on it a little too much and i know that was popular in the early youtube days probably mostly because of angry video game nerd (laughs) um but even he said james rolf even says he loves that game like he has great memories playing it and stuff like it's not a bad game at all i think it's definitely like as far as like nes classics go it's probably in my top 20 nes games like it's, oh, yeah. i would probably park it in my top 10 honestly nes games it, it might be in my top 10 honestly i really like it uh the only reason it's harder to get in the top 10 is because like every freaking mario game is in there so, right. like uh but yeah like you have castlevania mega man zelda metroid you have so, so many great nes games but turtles is right up there with them i think i think turtles is great yeah oh and you have splinter in april in the game too i forgot to right. mention Am I, okay random thing am i the only one who thought this as a kid since the, she's all one color did you think april was naked in that game <laughs> as a kid no i could her skin and her jumpsuit are the same color when she's like tied up and she's sitting there like beyond the rocks they have her as a kid i thought she was naked i'm like why the hell is she naked are you sure you or your brother just didn't mess with the color settings on your tv and just yours was weird looking <laughs> no it's just i swear she's all one color if you look at her but it's like you look at it now she has like baggy pants I'm like why the hell did i think she was naked but for sorry, <laughs> as a kid i swore she was naked when she was sitting there but i don't know i think that was just i kids used to like joke like oh if you beat mario in less than 20 minutes the, the princess is naked and all this stuff. <laughs> so i think i think all of his little boys just wanted there to be naked women right that's all it was just little pervs <laughs> 
But yeah, then we got other Turtles games. Boy, did we get a lot of other Turtles games. Yeah, uh, and then from there, we definitely kind of started to get a pattern. So the first Turtles game was action platformer, I guess. And then pretty much however many Turtles games that came out are all beat-em-ups. Yeah, they're all inspired by that first arcade game. And I, I want to say the arcade game came out the same year as the NES game, the first NES game. I think 89 or 88 is when both of those came out. And then I think 89. And then in 90, I think they brought the second game to the home console, the NES. And from that point on, it's just like, yeah, they're all beat-em-ups now. Yep. They're all like that same formula. In retrospect, at the time, they were awesome. Like, they were the greatest things ever. They're still awesome. But in retrospect, I do wish there was a bit more variety because I, I think that first one's so good. They never did anything like that ever again afterwards. And uh, So not on the consoles. And again, I've only played one of the Game Boy games and we can talk about that a little bit later, but they definitely do keep in the action platformer spirit as opposed to the beat-em-up spirit. But wh what I liked about the beat-em-up spirit is the biggest problem with the first game, it was only one player. Yeah. Now we had multiplayer games and that just kind of changed everything with turtles because my neighbor had this, he had all three of the games, but the second, the third one, I played all the time with him, man. We just had such a blast with those games. So I didn't know about the third one, Manhattan project. I didn't, I heard rumors that there was one that had like ground chuck and dirt bag and kids made up stuff all the time right. back then. Like, like i said in my toy reviews on my channel like my brother and i used to lie it's like oh i woke up at five in the morning today and there was an, a special episode of ninja turtle with <laughs> dr l in it and all this shit so i just thought it was like that kind of crap like it was they were just making up, oh sure yeah cool the game with the ground chicken dirtbag sure whatever like um, but you no, know, then I grew up and found out like, oh no, it was real that that actually did exist. But, uh, the second one, my, my brother got for Christmas, which actually came with a pizza hut coupon, which was really cool. We actually got like a, we went to, went to pizza hut like shortly afterwards. Cause pizza, pizza was just always, you know, promoted, promoted alongside. Right. The but that second one was my brother did beat that when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure. And that was just, that game was freaking epic. I mean, in, in some ways, it's really different from the arcade game, the that first one. It almost feels like they were like, okay, we can't faithfully bring the arcade game to the NES, so we're going to do something different with it that's still, like, still utilizes the hardware really well. So we got all these new stages with like Tora, the freaking polar bear and Shogun, the, the samurai ghost, whatever the hell he was. And <laughs> so like, we got all these exclusive features that were in the, the NES one. And like, we didn't get a lot of the stages that were in the, uh, the arcade one, or we didn't get all the cutscenes from the arcade and stuff. It was a satisfying game as a home console. Like the arcade one was clearly flashier and felt more like you were playing the actual arcade uh, cartoon. I mean, but the 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 home game uh, arcade game Turtles Two the arcade game that that was solid for its time that was awesome, and I always thought it was too. So as a kid, I was too dumb to even realize there was a difference, and I could never have enough quarters to get far enough <laughs> in the actual arcade game to realize how much different they became. So that was one of the biggest surprises in playing through them both separately as an adult is just realizing how much different the two are. And the first thing you notice for sure is. The arcade game, it can have way more sprites, and the sprites just look so much better for sure. Like, yeah, going from one to the other, you really notice that difference. Like, I feel like the sprites in the second game on the NES, they look like NES sprites, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's the thing. Like, the NES, I mean, 
it, it's funny to think at the time, like how much more powerful arcade cabinets were than home consoles. You know what I mean? And now we, a home console is basically like a supercomputer. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess not a supercomputer computer. Don't PC master racers will kill me if I say anything like that. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, but again, as a kid, I didn't notice that lack. Like I always just thought I was playing the arcade game at home. Pretty much. It was still just as fun for me. Yeah. I, I didn't get too many opportunities to play the arcade games as a kid. Honestly, I had a place somewhat close to me that I used to go to called sports and stuff, which was real cool. They had like, you know, batting cages and basketball yeah. courts and all stuff I, I didn't care about. I wanted to play, you know, arcades and they had an arcade and they had a place called kid zone, which was my favorite, which was like kind of like DZ discovery yep. zone or whatever. It's all like ball pits and nets, yep, and just giant and all jungle gym type stuff. Oh, like I love foam mats everywhere. If they made one of those sized for adults, I'd go there every fucking week. I would. All right. <laughs> I, Dude, would I mean, that, those were like my dream places, man. I had so much fun at those places <laughs> as a kid. They were a great workout too. All right uh but yeah the arcade that's where i played most of my arcades that's why i remember playing the turtles arcades but uh i didn't have like a constant reference to what the arcade one was like so for me like the nes one seemed like the better deal because it's like oh i can just play this at home like i don't have to go someplace and ask my mom for quarters and stuff and you know arcades i love arcades don't get me wrong i'm not bashing arcades the arcade experience is awesome but they were kind of a pain in the ass because it's like unless you were a master you went in there, you pumped some quarters into a game, and in five seconds you were dead. And you were out of quarters, and you were just like, what do I do with the rest of my night now? Because, like... <laughs> and again, that's why I never even knew there was that much of a difference between the game, because I don't know if I ever made it past the second stage in the arcade version as a kid. Because, again, like, when me and Lacey played through it on my arcade one-up cabinet, I mean, we went through tens of lives each you know what i mean like that game is out to get you like yeah and again it's because there's so many more sprites and that's what those games were designed to do was take your quarters like it wasn't made to be a fair thing like because again what are you gonna do about it you're gonna get more quarters and come back and try to show that game who's boss you know what i mean like they had it figured out if you really want to beat Shredder, you're going to give Konami more money. Speaking of Turtles, the arcade game, Turtles 2, I'm going to get into a comparison of arcades and home console in a second. But before we move on, there are two types of Turtles 2 fighter uh, players. Which one are you? Are you one who leaves the skateboarding girl alone in level two? Or are you one who hits the skateboarding girl in level always two? Hit. Always hit. Always <laughs> hit. I always hit her too. <laughs> always. Anytime I can make so even when I was a kid, if I got through a level where you fall in a manhole and I hadn't done it yet, I would do it just to see the animation. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I don't know, anything that I could do in a game, I would do in a game. Just like yeah. paper boy, same thing. If I had a really clean run, sometimes I just want to throw a paper through a window here and there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you gotta smash a few windows. Right. That's why like in turtles, like even if there's no foot soldiers left, you gotta hit the fire hydrant and blast the always the always. <laughs> But yeah, so I was noticing recently because the Cowabunga collection came out recently. So apparently they said they were adding all the game, all the multiplayer games online. They actually didn't. There's actually a lot of them. None of the NES ones are online and yeah. uh, Sega Genesis Tournament Fighters isn't online. I played through, we played again through Super Nintendo Turtles in Time, which I'm already very familiar with. And uh, I played with a friend. I played the, the arcade Turtles in Time. So I, just this past week, I played through both of them. So Honestly, my, my final consensus is the Super Nintendo one is a much better game, actually. You don't fight Bebop and Rocksteady in the arcade. You only fight Toka and Razar in the pirate ship. 
and there's no pirate bebop and rocksteady there's no techno drum stage at all there's no shredder boss battle where you throw the the foot soldiers at the screen uh there's no slash you fight some like muck monster instead the, the shredder you fight at the end also isn't super shredder he's his regular shredder and he's cheap as hell i just feel like in that game the the physics are a little less tight like on the the super nintendo one i feel like you have more control over what happens there's like more you can do Whereas in there, everything seems a little more random, a little more spammy. Like, it just seems like you die easier in there. Your abilities don't connect as much and stuff. It just seems like it's made to suck quarters out of you more. And it feels like you have a little more tight control over yourself in the Super Nintendo one. And then you get all those other features and stuff. But uh, I will say some of the bosses are a lot easier on the Super Nintendo. Like, Leatherhead's way harder in the arcade. Uh, Krang is way harder in the arcade. Uh, also in Neon Knight Riders, you get like, you know, you were saying like, you get like the 3D, like F-Zero perspective yep. on the Super Nintendo and you didn't get that in the arcade. It's just side scrolling. And that's like, again, a good example of like, they know they can't give you the exact arcade experience on Super Nintendo, but they used the mode seven chip that the Super Nintendo has to do something the arcade couldn't to give you like a, almost like a better deal on the home console. They're like, we're not going to give you a half-assed version of the arcade. We're going to give you an equally awesome game for the hardware that it's on. So that's how yeah. I feel about those two as well. Like, because again, having recently played through both versions of it, I barely played the arcade one as a kid. So replaying through it again, I forgot how different it actually was than the Super Nintendo version. And I definitely prefer the Super Nintendo version as well because that was the first version that I ever played. I played it with my buddy Brad Pete. We rented it in. I just remember the first thing I thought about that game when I played it is you get through the Technodrome super quick and you beat it. I'm like, we just beat the game already. And there's so <laughs> many more levels. But yeah, just going to that thing where you're in like the first person from Shredder chucking the foot soldiers, like that is like an iconic moment in that game. Yeah. And I feel like you really do miss that when you play the arcade version. You said that you think some of the bosses are easier on the Super Nintendo version, but slash is probably the hardest boss i've ever fought in any game ever dude I, we could not get his timing down at all when we fought that guy yeah like i said i know there's a timing there was a time a few years ago where i played that game again and i got the timing down something about when he jumps you have to hit him and then it stuns him for a bit and you, you can land a few hits and there's like a rhythm to just doing that over and over again but i don't remember how to do it and if you don't know how to do that he's like impossible oh, he, he was just brutal he blocks everything you do and then counter hits you afterwards. When he rolls in his shell, it just takes like a whole bar of health. And like, he's just insane. He's definitely a good payoff for the rest of the, the, <laughs> the difficulty being nerfed. But I think probably the crappiest part in the arcade is you beat sewer surfing. There's no rat King on the, the, the foot ski or anything. You, you just stop and out of nowhere against a brick wall in the sewer, a hologram shredder head appears and sends you through time. And it's like, you know, in the Super Nintendo one, he had a machine that was like a portal and he threw the like, why did he, how did he appear in the sewers? How did he send you through time in the sewers? Like, it just seems like an afterthought where the Super Nintendo one, they made some more sense out of it, kind of. So, so uh, since we're talking about nonsense, we also both played through Hyperstone Heist together for the first time in, so of the trilogy of those games, that one is far and away the worst. I, I will yeah. say I do like the turtle sprites. Like, I feel like they did look pretty good. And honestly, like, the hitboxes and the combat felt pretty good in that game as well. But just as far as, like, the level designs, the level layouts, we were, like, halfway through it. And I remember you were just like, 
what is even going on as far as the story goes in this game? And I was like, I was literally just thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know how we're getting from one point to the other right now or what we're even, what even is the hyperstone? Yeah, because, you know, Turtles in Time is pretty straightforward. It's like they steal the Statue of Liberty for whatever reason, then they send the turtles through time. I don't know. I, I guess now that I'm saying it, it makes no sense, actually. But um, but Hyperstone Heights, <laughs> like you pointed out, we're surfing, then we're on a ghost ship, then we're in a cave, then we're fighting, like, who did you fight at the end of the cave? Was that when you fought all the, the bosses again and then Baxter Stockman? Or was that when... Uh, you fought Tatsu. Yeah, we in a cave show. for the boss rush level, but I can't remember. Because when do we fight Leatherhead? Do we fight him in the cave the first time? Or is it Baxter in the cave the first time? Leatherhead's the first boss. You fight him in the sewer. I think actually you fight Rocksteady in the cave. Because it's Leatherhead, then Rocksteady, then Tatsu. Then yep, you fight all three of them one again. Rock st- there's just Rocksteady and no Bebop in that game. Yeah, which is so weird. The second time you fight him, he's brown Rocksteady with purple clothes which made them it seems like they're saying like yeah that's pretty much bebop like it's weird yeah i I think you know i'm not trying to say that like you know genesis doesn't do what nintendo or anything i'm not like this isn't console wars (laughs) or something but genesis got the shitty end of the deal when it came to turtles for sure like it's such a short game and there's there's essentially only four boss characters before you get to the the final boss it's yeah it's it's pretty lacking it's weird too how baxter is a human in turtles 2 on nes the first time you fight and then the second time you fight him he's a fly implying that over the course of this game the whole second season of the show happened then in turtles in time he's still a fly but he's a human again in hyperstone heist (laughs) like it's just all over the place the one yeah. cool thing that it did have, though, was because again, I'd never played it before. Seeing Tatsu in the game was kind of and he was yeah. a pretty good looking sprite, too. So, that was the I feel like the one cool thing that they got that the other two games didn't get was having Tatsu in there. See, I had played Hyperstone Heist at a friend's house years ago, probably like 2007 or something or 2008. I, I was barely paying attention, and I don't, I don't even remember how far I got. I know I saw Tatsu. But it was basically like playing it for the first time with you the other day because it was so long ago that I played it. The only thing I remembered about that game is that it had Tatsu and that they recycled bosses. Yeah, I was surprised how good he looked. He looks almost as good as a 16-bit rendition of the character can look. And I didn't mean to skip over it, actually. There was also Manhattan Project, which I said I didn't know about as a kid but found out about later. But you did know about it. Yeah, so again, it was one that my buddy Josh had. We played it all the time in... I never knew that that wasn't an actual arcade game until I was an adult. Like I thought all those games were ports of arcade games, or I guess, I mean, I don't even know if they're truly ports, but remakes, demakes, whatever they are. I love that one as a kid because I feel like it was just like Turtles 2, but better in almost every way. Like I feel like the sprites just looked a little bit better. I feel like the fighting was just a little bit better. You got the super moves and stuff like that. Even though they take one bar of your life when you use them, it was just cool that they added those. And again, just seeing like the little like, things like the bridge level is in both games but in the second game it's like destroyed and stuff like that like yeah so they do kind of feel like they go hand in hand together with me yeah i think because you know that's like all new i i bought the game for nes years ago like a decade ago but i only ever played the first two stages i tried it out like i remember just trying to clean it for like an hour then i got it to work (laughs) I got the ground chuck. He just bodied me. And I was like, you know what? Some other time. And then I never got around to trying it again. And I played it now. And yeah, it's it's an awesome game. I, I feel like robbed that I didn't have that game as a kid. Because you had like Slash 
Razan Toka, Leatherhead. Like you had like such cool character choices. That would have blown my mind as a kid if I saw well, like, like you said, even ground chuck was in the game. And I mean, at yeah. that time, you know what I mean? What he was in one episode of the cartoon and or, or were they in a two-parter? I can't remember. They might've been in a couple. Yeah. But... They were uh planet of the turtleoids. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I forgot that that's who was like, cause he's like the second or third villain you fight. Second, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I totally forgot about that again until I just played through the other day. Cause it's been so long since I played it, but did just have such a good variety of villains and just, I don't know. Like, again, I feel like that is just was the proper sequel to that second game. Like it just took everything about the second game added a little bit more, made it a little bit better. I feel like a lot of people were you were in your situation because that is a more expensive NES game. I mean, it's yeah. not a super expensive NES game to buy, but it's like a $50 game, which is kind of in that mid-tier of the NES. So I feel like it was a game that sold way less than the second game did. Definitely. I mean, I have the NES Tournament Fighters. We'll get to Tournament Fighters in a second. I had the NES Tournament Fighters as well, and that that's like over $100, like that game. Uh, yeah. And that was even the, the first two were the ones everybody had, but the ones after that, a lot of people didn't know about. Yeah, because um, the NES version is the most rare version of that game, too. Yeah, like, oh I feel like, yeah, and it's the worst, but <laughs> right, <laughs> two buttons for a fighting game is just never gonna work out well. I feel like it has Shaq Fu jumping, like the jumping is ex- identical to Shaq Fu. Yeah. Manhattan Project is like, I wish I had as a, uh, that as a kid, that would have blown my mind seeing dirtbag and ground chuck and stuff in the game. I, I think, like, one thing I will say it's good about the super move is if you get down to just one piece of power left, it's risky, it's yep. like you're like it takes balls, but you can't die from doing it. Yep. So, once you get down to that one piece of health, you can do infinite. Uh, super moves until something hits you, then you die. But uh, like if, if you have like, because Raph was always my favorite in that game. I always liked his because he would make, he would get some range when he did his, you know yeah. what I mean? So his did become, I always felt like his was the most useful one, especially on end bosses and stuff like that. Yeah, he does like the M. Bison move where he like yep. goes across the screen. <laughs> but uh, the one thing I will say uh, that did get tiring in that game for a while is like, does seem the more the game goes on, every level is like you get to a screen you fight jump kicking foot soldiers and you fight spear foot soldiers and you fight whip foot soldiers. You just fight every variation of the same foot soldiers like oh, on yeah. each screen and you just fight so many that on two player, you fight more. I think it's just like, at some point you're just like, dude, enough. I've, I've beaten the shuriken foot soldiers. Let's get something new. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed it, it was finally apparent to me in that game that what's different about the arcade games and the super NES and stuff is they can only load out one type of foot soldier at a time on mm-hmm. the NES. So you can't have like red shuriken foot soldiers with like purple jump kicking foot soldiers yep. or they'd all be purple or something. Yep, they're always you know? coming with their same color group. Yeah. So you get some variation. It was cool to see they have like the the Lieutenant Granitor looking rock soldiers who come later on, like the blue right. ones. And they have like the regular ones with like the they have the scaffolding they beat you with, or they have the bazookas or the machine guns and stuff. But there's some good variety. There's like the weird enemies. They look like the Playmates toy version of Fugitoid, but like chunky that you fight later on in that game. <laughs> but, uh, the My best friend in that game though, is down and attack where you scoop the guy up and like throw. Oh him yeah. You. That's like, it's like a one hit kill for most. Well, yeah, because it's, it's twice as strong as your regular attack. Cause yeah. I think most enemies are two hit KO. So I feel like that's a one hit KO usually, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's some like rock soldiers might take like two or three of them to kill or something, but yeah, in general, that's an awesome game. I wish yeah. I had that as a kid. I feel robbed that I didn't have that one as a kid. But... Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I feel bad for you. I had a lot of fun with that one. So I never played the Game Boy ones, but... So, yeah, so the only <laughs> one I ever played 
was I think back from the sewers is what it is. And it's so I had, and there's one more game. So I told you that uh, the Game Boy games that I had as a kid, I had that, I had the first Mario game, I had Tetris, I had Bart versus the Juggernauts is the other one I had, um, Battle Toads, and those were pretty much the only Game Boy games that I ever had until Pokemon came out, and then Pokemon was pretty much all I ever played on the Game Boy. But up to that point, I played those six however many games they were all the time and going back and playing that game for the first time in a long time it's not good it is very 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 bad so the first level is beyond easy like i can't even explain to you how easy it is like it's literally just one foot soldier coming at you at a time you have plenty of time to be prepared to attack them and you get to rock steady no problem rock steady is kind of a challenge and then the second level is I remember this is where I died all the time. Like the, it just gets ramped up. You're on a skateboard and they start coming at you from all kinds of angles and it's on your shitty game boy. So it's hard to like maneuver and stuff like that. And then you get to bebop and he just killed me every time. Like I, even in my playthrough yesterday, I got to him and I got down to one life bar every time and he would just kill that turtle. But <laughs> it, it's, I understand why those games aren't as beloved or remembered because Again, as a kid, I feel like I loved playing that game over and over, but it was not good. It was just like, <laughs> I, I definitely got the nostalgia vibes, especially from like the music and stuff like that. But yeah, I just, the NES games and the Super Nintendo games were much better than the Game Boy games. I didn't have a Game Boy growing up. There was like a lot of games I missed out on that I played later in my life. But I, as a kid, Game Boy just, they had that like green moldy mustard kind of colored screen yep. that like, I just feel like when the screen scrolled and things moved, they blurred out. It was wavy. Like, it didn't even... It wasn't smooth at all. Yeah, you couldn't see. Like, it would just kind of get transparent, and then it would come back. So, I remember I was playing, like, Mario Land 2 at, like, a... We did, like, a Christmas play in school all the time. And, you know, we had to stay on... Stand on stage and sing a Christmas song in an embarrassing costume. Uh, I remember, like, we had to do, like, a hula one once. We had to wear, like, hula costumes. Like, what the hell are we doing? But (laughs) when we were waiting there to do our part, uh, this kid's like, hey, you want to play my Nintendo? And he gives me my Game Boy. I'm playing like the Mario Land 2, the one with Wario in it. And uh, like, I'm just dying from turtles because I'm walking. I didn't even know they were there because the screen scrolling, they're so blurry. Right? You can't even like see it's there. But I'd like to go back and play them. I've heard Fall of the Foot Clan, the first one, is good. That seems to be the one that it. most people say is good, yeah. I guess real quick, we're going to talk about the versions of Tournament Fighters. And then we were originally going to cover Shredder's Revenge, but there's no way we're recovering. No, we'll have to save that for another day for sure. So next week is just going to be Shredder's Revenge or next time, (laughs) next, next podcast. Um, So yeah, there was three different versions of tournament fighters. It's kind of weird to even call them versions because they're really completely different games. You don't get to play the Genesis or NES one online in the Cowabunga collection for some reason. Yeah. So Uh, we just played the super Nintendo version together I would say it's very like Street Fighter-esque for sure. Like it feels very Street Fighter. But the first thing I realized when we were trying to do the combos, it's just very unresponsive. Like it's just (laughs) insanely hard to do like the special moves and stuff like that in in that game. Yeah, that was the one I wasn't like, I'm not super familiar with it, but that's the one I've played the most of. I didn't play them as a kid. I remember them coming out, but I didn't. I was out of turtles at that point. I was like, I had to be too cool for turtles at that point, but yeah, it was so unresponsive. It was definitely a reaction to street fighter two. They even have like, if you play one player mode, they have the, the mini game from like street fighter and final fight where you beat up the car for points and stuff. And like, they didn't even hide it. I feel like they even had like 
the guy war he's only in there to be like their Blanca <laughs> and then like Chrome Dome is like Dalsam we're saying and then they even added like uh an Asian girl with big legs like to be Chun-Li basically and, right. stuff. and it's like she was the only one I could really make the moves work for actually when I was playing like her moves worked every time I, I did feel it. like uh wing nuts were pretty easy to get off to I couldn't get his the one where he dives I could do, but that one where he yeah. shoots the little wave I could like I I can't tell if I was doing it right or not. Like it <laughs> happened like twenty percent of the time I did it. Uh, but she was like I think like she does like the one where she like just throws her butt in your face, and then she has the one where she just spins into you like a weirdo. <laughs> and like those it was just down back A and down forward A, and they worked every time. But every other character is like I just I'd be like oh that's how you do the move. Then I'm like wait is it it's not working anymore and like I, I couldn't tell how to do anything uh the highlight of the game is randomly when you're in the bar stage the pizza place like lassie is just in the background right <laughs> back there. i don't know if that was a leftover sprite from a different game they never used or something but yeah the nes one i've played it's kind of notoriously bad i mean the fact that if you play two player and both people pick hothead the game freezes <laughs> is, like i didn't know that as a kid, I probably would have just thought that was cool. I'd be like, oh man, he's so powerful. The, the NES can't even kind of handle him. But it's it's like, that's dog shit, man. He's like all just one color too. He's like all yellow or something. And it's cool that Hothead's in a, a Ninja Turtle game. but And the Genesis one is the one I'm really the least familiar with. It has crazy levels though. Like in the other ones you're fighting in like New York City, like rooftops and stuff. In that one, there's one where, like, it's made out of, like, alien brains and tissue and stuff. Okay. And then there's one where, like, you're in the arc and there's a giant mammoth frozen in the wall in the background and stuff. It's, like, just these insane freaking levels in the Genesis one. But. It's kind of weird because I feel like when we're back to talking about Turtles in Time, like, I feel like the SNES version had way better backgrounds than the Sega version had. Yeah. I think the, the Genesis version of Tournament Fighters, they might not be technically better. I think they, they look better, but they're definitely like just awesome. Like they're fucking like heavy metal covers. Like they're just yeah. like, they're like album covers. They're just these crazy freaking, like they're very like dark in their design where like the, the Super Nintendo one's a little like cleaner and brighter and cutesier. But yeah. the, the, the Sega Genesis one just looks like a fucking nightmare. Like it's just terrifying the background. No lassies hanging out? No, no lassies in the Genesis <laughs> one. <laughs> At least not, not to my knowledge. And they made up characters for that one too. There's like a, a beetle named like Sisyphus or something. Or... Okay, yeah, because I've never even, because I've seen, I think that was the first time I saw War in <laughs> Armagon came from Archie Comics first, right? He was in Archie yeah. Comics before the video game? Okay, War, gotcha. War was in Archie too. He was just a really little character in okay. like one arc or something. And he, it must have been an arc that was running at that time, and they were just trying to pump the like right. the, the research. Kind of like how like X Men, the toy line, and stuff like that were pumping in all yeah. these characters that were just around for like two seconds in the early '90s and stuff like that. Exactly, because I think uh, the Super Nintendo one probably did the best job at trying to represent all uh, TMNT. Because you know, Rat King was very much the, he's secret, he's unlockable, but he's very much the '87 version. Then you have Shredder is in his Mirage design, and so is Karai, is also an unlockable character. Then you have War and uh, Wingnut in like their Archie designs, and Asuka, the the, the butt girl, uh, she was apparently in the code originally. She was named Mitsu, which is the the girl from Turtles Three, the movie that uh, Mike yep. falls in love with. 
So she was meant, it looks nothing like her, but that was meant to be Mitsu from the movie. Interesting. So uh, I've heard that they took it out because Turtles 3 was so unpopular. Story I honestly style. think the real reason is probably just like Konami of America was like, how the hell is this that character? Like, this is a totally different <laughs> character. They probably just renamed her. Um, regardless, though, so you got movie, Archie, Mirage, and cartoon representation in that game. So they did a pretty good job. And then in the background of stages, there's like the neutrinos and Bebop and Green Rocksteady for some reason. Uh, a bunch of characters you'd rather be fighting as than War. Right. Right? It's like, oh, here's Casey Jones and Bebop and Rocksteady, but here's War. You get to Can't play as War. <laughs> And uh, they had Man Ray, uh, like Ray Filet in like his Archie design in the Sega one. Yeah, it was uh, Tournament Fighters is like, they really pushed it. I think that was at the time where Turtles was dying and like Turtle Mania was dying. Turtles 3 had come out. The damage was done. The toy line was dying. Hotspot and Scratch were bombing on toy shelves and like Star Trek Turtles were peg warmers and stuff. And that was just when Turtle Mania was just coming to a close. And I think that was like their last hurrah to stay relevant. Like rip off the biggest trend right now, which right. is fighting uh, games, Street Fighter. And you know, Power Rangers was basically putting them out of commission at that point. Like yep. even when they took Super Sentai and turned it into Power Rangers, it's the same amount of of name of words like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja right. Turtle. Like they were just like, this is going to be the Ninja Turtle killer when they made Power Rangers. Yep. It worked. Um, so I think that was just like, like Tournament Fighters is kind of like their last hurrah to be relevant and like try to be big. I think it was just too little too late. Like most of us, like me, I was just out of the franchise by that point. It wasn't long after enough for it to be nostalgic. It was just like right away. So yeah, I mean, Same I didn't even know these games existed until I was an adult. So that's how yeah. far off my radar they were at that time. <laughs> it's like uh, for freaking what's what was next mutation. I didn't know about that until I was an adult. Nope, I didn't either. Yeah. And because uh, it's just like from the mid. I was even out of Power Rangers by the time that came out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, me too. I, I was only into Power Rangers for like less than a year. I was like all the way up until like shortly after the Green Ranger was like once the Green Ranger became good and like I saw several episodes with him. I think I, I think I fell out of Power Rangers. Honestly, I wasn't in long. Yeah, just from the, the mid to late nineties, they just until the two thousand three show came out, they just kept trying to reinvent Turtles, and it just failed every time. Those are just relics of that time, I guess. Uh, the tournament fighters games, but the big game everyone's been talking about. Not recently because it's almost a year old, but Shredder's Revenge. We were gonna cover it in this one, but we're gonna do that next time because we were out of time now. So, <laughs> any last thoughts? I think we hit it all, man. Like I said, like every time you're like, I don't think we have enough to do a show. And I mean, <laughs> we have more than we think we do. So all right, yeah, I think that's all well, I got for this one, man. See you guys next time. We're going to talk a whole cast about Shredder's Revenge. Hell yeah. I can't wait to do it, man. All right. Peace. All right. Peace.